Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's time to spring into something delicious with HelloFresh. Every week you get fresh pre-portioned ingredients with recipes delivered to your door. Get 16 free meals plus three free gifts with code MLM16 at hellofresh.com slash MLM16. Vitamins, health shakes, and diet culture seem to have absolutely taken over the world in the past 20 years. With a culture so focused on health, or at least the perception of health, there are bound to be people and companies that take advantage. Leading the charge of companies like that is Herbalife. This MLM has been associated with bribery, metal in their shakes, massive investment feuds, lawsuits, and so much more. Yet they remain one of the biggest health industry companies in the world. How? If we're talking about MLMs, Herbalife has got to be at the top of the list of one of the ones to stay away from and their continued indiscretions must be brought to light. Hello everyone and welcome to Multi-Level Mondays. I'm the Illuminati and today we will be discussing in hopefully full and complete length, the illustrious and infamous Herbalife. Now, this MLM has been no stranger to news stories, controversies, and scandal but as the years go on, it feels like they just keep getting bigger and the negative news stories seem to keep them going. I know a few years ago, I actually did cover Herbalife, but I really wanted to do one large conclusive episode about them and hopefully include almost every single detail that we've ever discussed in any previous episode and make it one episode right here, right now. Just this year in 2022, for some new news, by the way, Herbalife have just reached a settlement with a potential $1 billion lawsuit that was filed way back in September, 2017. A little bit different from the others, this particular lawsuit relied on the use of RICO or the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Law. This law was originally developed to go after mobs and mafias, but has recently been used in class action lawsuits. I did a brief TikTok on Rico. So if you want to check that out and learn more about it, make sure to head over to my TikTok. Link is in the Linktree link. The eight plaintiffs went after Herbalife and their circle of success events. While not a requirement for Herbalife distributors, the company strongly encouraged people to attend these, costing them thousands of dollars. Despite this, the plaintiffs argued that they have no benefit from doing so, despite defendants' constant barrage of guarantees to the contrary. After years of litigation, it has finally been announced that they may have reached a settlement. However, it has not been made clear yet what exactly that settlement will be or how it will impact the company. But this isn't the first time Herbalife has dealt with lawsuits or the second or even the third time. They seem to have a constant stream of them and for good reason. While lawsuits seem to control the conversation with this massive, and I mean very massive MLM, that's not the only thing to be concerned about. There are the health effects, the pseudoscience, and the targeting of the Latino community, and the downright viciousness of their distributors too. So what the heck is going on here? And how did Herbalife come to dominate the health diet superfood market? Let's get into it. 
Nobody was going to give me luck when I was growing up. My parents didn't have any money. My family didn't have any money. And one thing I learned on as a young child, if anything was going to happen in Mark Hughes's life, and then things were going to get better for me, there was going to have to be one thing I was going to have to get mustered up. To be the best I could possibly be every single day. Thank you for being here. Everybody have a great time at the party tonight. May God bless all of you and welcome to Herbal Life. The story of Herbal Life starts back in 1980 when its founder, Mark Hughes, started to sell his original protein shake weight loss product from the trunk of his car. According to Hughes, the idea to start his company started after the loss of his mother. Hughes's mother had suffered from an eating disorder and Hughes said that she totally destroyed her life just trying to lose 30 pounds. She would later tragically pass away from a supposed overdose of diet pills and alcohol when Hughes was only 18 years old. And this is of course, according to him. This would have a monumental impact on Hughes's life and later become one of the main inspirations for his future company. Later, it was discovered that she had actually passed away due to an addiction to painkillers and Hughes had actually made up this entire story to sell the company. And talk about starting off on the wrong foot. You have to remember that when he was first selling the story and literally using his mom's death as a weapon to sell products, that people didn't know the truth, right? So a lot of people actually believed this in the beginning because there was nothing to dispute that. And that's something to keep in the back of your mind as we look at how this company is gonna grow and develop and the problems it runs into. If you're willing to literally utilize the death of your mother as a marketing ploy, then I mean, what else is on the table? You get where I'm going? Good, because we're gonna go follow up on that what else is on the table part as we go through today's episode. So starting at around 23 or 24, depending on the source you look at, and after two failed attempts, Hughes finally cracked the code and started selling the soon to be multi-billion dollar company Herbalife. He quickly developed the slogan, lose weight now, ask me how. Very creative. The artistic mastery here is just incredible. Now, in the beginning, the plan for the company was simple. Just your usual direct selling, multi-level marketing model where distributors would go door to door and pass out flyers and bring customers and new distributors in. Then they moved their way into holding seminars, which gave distributors the opportunity to give weight loss testimonials about their experience with the product and of course allow Hughes to give the keynote address. A short while after that, Herbalife would really take off when it opened a small storefront in Beverly Hills, California. And just like that, they were off to the races. And by 1982, the company already had $2 million in sales and had expanded its operation into Canada. Only three years later, it would face one of its first run-ins with the law. The company was accused by its home state of California of promoting false medical claims and running an illegal marketing scheme. And spoiler alert, you're gonna hear much of the same narrative a lot as we go through this. In the end, the young company had to fork over $850,000 to settle the lawsuit and was forced to pull two of its products from rotation and relabel them. But this was just a small bump in the road for the flourishing business and they were once again back at it. In the year 2000, with the company's worldwide sales hitting $1.7 billion, tragedy suddenly struck when the founder and CEO, Mark Hughes, unexpectedly passed away. And if you are curious about the details, it was from an apparent mix slash overdose of drugs and alcohol. Immediately, Herbalife sprang into action to redirect the company and maintain the image of a perfect life that they guaranteed not only to their consumers, but to their distributors. In an attempt to fix their image problem and keep the positive aspects of Hughes' memory alive, they switched strategies and chose to focus more on their distributors' success stories. Despite the early setbacks, Herbalife would continue to grow and change. 
The company was bought by J.H. Whitney and Company and Golden Gate Capital for an astonishing $685 million in 2002. Then in 2003, they gained a new CEO, Michael O. Johnson, after he'd left his last career as the president of Walt Disney International. Over the years that followed, Herbalife would change leadership an abundance of times and take the stock public, then private, then public again. Now it has grown to a company with sales of $5.8 billion and is present in 90 countries. So let's take a brief look at the people that are driving that success. I don't have all the magical answers, gang. I don't, okay? I do know this. The first thing you gotta do is you gotta work on your attitude. People make fun of you by Who being cares? active and starting to make some money yourself and get someone else who starts making some money and they come to you and say, you know something? I hated my job at IBM and this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Thank you so much. You gotta know that in your heart. Herbalife works pretty similar to most other MLM companies we've covered before. For those looking to join, they can reach out to an established distributor to gain more information. From there, future hopefuls have to order their Herbalife distributor box for $94.10 or $124.10 and then get ready to sell. For those who inevitably change their mind after signing up for the MLM, Herbalife does actually allow for returns and buybacks, but it's only for unopened packages and the policy only lasts a year. Of course, Herbalife draws in new distributors by telling those researching the opportunity that they will have the ability to enjoy the flexibility of working your own schedule on your own terms. Additionally, their website repeatedly says things like, open up a world of opportunity or be part of our community and start your business. These inspiring quotes are coupled with the promise that most people who work on Herbalife businesses part-time make about 200 a month in their first year. But obviously this requires hard work, skill, and dedication. But what do their numbers actually say about their distributors? Well, they're definitely not making the money they were promised, no matter how hardworking, skilled, or dedicated they might be. While Herbalife does report that 50% of new distributors in 2020 earned $201 a month, it's important to remember that this is before expenses. So this likely does not include, you know, buying the products that people needed to sell. Herbalife really doesn't have much available data on their earning breakdowns or potential, considering the sheer size of the company and amount of distributors they have. Herbalife is also outrageously famous or infamous, depending on how you look at it, for its so-called nutrition clubs, which double as businesses and recruiting opportunities for distributors. People try to make opening and maintaining these clubs sound easy, but it's not. And many of them fail due to the high cost of products and labor associated with them. While I'm not going to go too much into them today as I did release an entire episode dedicated solely to these clubs, I'd recommend you check that out if you are curious. There may also be some information overlap in that episode in here. So I wanna make sure you get the full overview of Herbalife today. And if you want to know the specifics about those clubs, make sure to check out that episode. So we're gonna mainly go over most of the scandals, controversies, and lawsuits that have plagued Herbalife over the years, starting with some of the stories from their own distributors. While Herbalife tries to convince its prospective distributors that joining Herbalife will lead them to a grand and luxurious lifestyle, that's likely not what happens. As with other MLMs, horror stories from former distributors are plentiful. Take this story from an anonymous ex-distributor featured in Money Life, for example. This person told Money Life that they spent a whopping $55,000 over five years to try and move up the ranks with Herbalife. And it wasn't until they attended a Change Your Life meeting that they finally came to the realization that it was time for them to leave. While at the meeting at a high-ranking distributor's house, they found that the mansion this person had been bragging about was a facade. 
Instead, it was a modestly priced home with a huge pool and no backyard. They quickly realized they had been continuously lied to and swiftly resigned. Another testimonial featured in Money Life depicts a couple whose marriage fell apart after joining as Herbalife distributors. They were promised upon joining that they would quickly become the best distributors. Unfortunately, they were lied to. They say the stress of recruiting new members and trying to sell new products became so much that they became both ill and were splitting up because of pressure. Rob says that people should be warned that they would need $200,000 minimum to make it work. An MLM expert who analyzed Herbalife structure said that distributors should have to spend roughly $3,000 to $40,000 to achieve the status of sales leader. And when you achieve that status, that's when you're eligible for awards. In order to achieve this goal, many people take out loans. One person said, I lost about $20,000 to them two years ago. I am still paying off the debt. I got out because I could not bring myself to do what they want me to do to make sales and recruit people. It just didn't feel right. Too many half-truths and blatant lies. The company certainly isn't a stranger to half-truths and blatant lies. And while the horror stories of past distributors are horrific by themselves, they're merely the tip of the iceberg when it comes to Herbalife. In 2014, Vox did an in-depth article on the background of Herbalife's supposed science and clinical trials that they had posted on their website and promoted to their customers. I feel that it's important to note that I tried to find these studies on their website and they were nowhere to be found. They can be found, however, when you use the Wayback Machine, but it's super sketchy that Herbalife deleted them. However, they still boast that they have 300 scientists and 50 PhDs, which is a really odd way to say this of folks that work with the company to ensure that they exceed quality standards. I find it really interesting that they no longer post any specific details on how they run their research, but I'm assuming it's probably because of the result of being called out as being insufficient and incorrectly done. I don't know, just a hunch. Either way, I still want to talk about their claims from the past. In the Vox article, they first discuss a clinical study done by Herbalife where they analyzed weight loss for two groups of men and women. There were multiple problems with the trial. First of being, despite Herbalife claiming that it lasted for a year, it only lasted 12 weeks. And if you know anything about short-term diet fads or really most research in general, 12 weeks really is not enough time to notice any real difference. And the other component to that is it's also not enough time to determine what exactly was causing people to lose weight if they did. As an obesity specialist, Dr. Yanni Friedhoff pointed out in the article that this type of research doesn't really prove anything and certainly doesn't prove that diets that include shake replacements last in the long term. Dr. Friedhoff told Vox, quote, I can put someone on a short-term marshmallow diet and they'll lose weight if they consume fewer calories. Secondly, the study doesn't compare Herbalife products to other products or other weight loss aids or proven plans. It literally just compares it to itself. Normally, you would expect a clinical trial to compare two different things. For example, if Herbalife actually wanted to do it the right way, they would have probably compared how people fared on an Herbalife diet versus just a regular low calorie diet or not dieting at all, something along those lines. But they didn't do that. They just compared two of their replacement shakes. And that was, that was the study. A scientific study without a control group doesn't really count as science in my opinion. The rest of the studies discussed in the article have the same general idea, small sample sizes, no control groups for comparison and very short time lengths. I think Dr. Friedhoff sums it up perfectly when he said, it's a shame we see products being sold on the back of studies that last for less time than many items in my refrigerator. I agree, doc. 
But there are bigger consequences to the pseudoscience perpetuated by Herbalife than just the possibility that people won't lose weight the way they think. Over the years, Herbalife has caused concern as more stories begin to emerge about consumers experiencing liver and kidney damage, among other things. While the studies are currently quite limited, there have been a handful of case studies that show that Herbalife products can be linked to both kidney and liver damage. According to the research, for most healthy adults, it is unlikely that consuming Herbalife products would cause kidney disease. But for those who already have kidney disease, the products could be damaging and people should consult their doctors. Also, these studies do have a control group, which just, you know, take notes Herbalife. A case study done in India in 2020 found that Herbalife products contained high levels of heavy metals, toxic compounds, and bacterial deoxyribonucleic acid. Hopefully I said that right. All of which they say contributed to the death of a woman who had developed liver disease after consuming Herbalife supplements. Their findings echoed other case studies from a variety of other countries, including Israel, Spain, Switzerland, Iceland, Argentina, and the United States. Obviously this is important information, but something else I found really interesting was what was posted at the end of the case study. Apparently the study I cited had been removed from their publishers because shocking, Herbalife complained. This is a continued strategy we have seen from massive industries. Hey, big tobacco, talking about you. This strategy is where they complain and they stifle research that found health risks with their products to essentially bury it from the public. Herbalife has taken another page from huge industries playbooks and also outwardly denies that any research exists suggesting that their products could come with potential health implications. On their website, they say, there is no evidence to support any claims that consuming Herbalife nutrition products may be associated with liver injury or hepatitis among previously healthy individuals, except there is. They have just been working overtime to try and make sure no one sees it. Of course, they also make the claim that their own experts have studied their ingredients and found nothing about them being dangerous. Well, of course they didn't. They're your paid experts. Also, we already talked about the downfalls of Herbalife science. Obviously, I can't tell you anything definitively about this, but I would recommend keeping your eyes open for studies on more health effects of Herbalife products, especially those that are not done by the company itself. But health concerns aren't just all that comes with Herbalife. Their continued lawsuits and the activism against them have been a massive part of their story. Here are the facts as they stand now. What you have is a company whose business is declining, is deteriorating. The CEO just quit you know, last week. That's never a good sign. Uh, the FTC found them to be a pyramid scheme, except they didn't use the word pyramid scheme. But if you look at the FTC complaint and the findings and compare them with the complaint and findings and other companies that are called pyramid schemes, they're effectively Actually, being a big consumer. Letting the world know about the business, I thought we were doing good for society. But unfortunately, when there's a money element involved, right. you know, no one will, you know. Perhaps one of the more bizarre parts of Herbalife's history is its continued war with billionaire hedge fund manager, William A. Ackman. Now this story goes back to 2012, when Ackman bet $1 billion that the Herbalife stock would crash. In the years that followed, he would go on a massive crusade to prove that Herbalife was in fact a pyramid scheme. He was incredibly vocal about his distaste for the company, going on talk shows, talking to politicians and spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to pressure the United States government to conduct a thorough investigation on this wellness company. In 2013, Ackman had a public feud with Carl Icahn, another extremely famous and wealthy American financier on CNBC. Eichen had invested in Herbalife mere hours after Ackman announced his billion dollar bet. And when the two appeared on the show, fireworks ensued as they heavily debated their contradictory investments. In the heated feud, Eichen told the host that Ackman was like a crybaby in the schoolyard. 
The two went back and forth, throwing insults at each other for the entire segment. He's like the crybaby in the schoolyard. He was like one of these little Jewish boys crying that the world was taking advantage of him. It's like in the old song. uh, All of this is over Herbalife, but Ackman wasn't just getting into feuds on TV about his disbelief in the company. He was really putting his money where his mouth was and spent thousands of dollars lobbying government entities and investing in activist groups. Ackman and his team spent countless hours from 2012 to 2014 pressuring government regulators to look into Herbalife. They developed massive letter writing campaigns in five states. However, according to an investigation from the New York Times, not everyone involved in the letter writing remembers signing them or even sending them out. So were they forging signatures? Did these people just forget they signed? I guess we'll never know. But in addition to their letter writing movement, Ackman also paid civil rights organizations $130,000 to collect letters and names from people who have been victimized by Herbalife and to send those to regulators. Ackman's company even published a 116 page thesis on Herbalife that included the letters they had sent to the FTC, official complaints to attorney generals, news articles, lobbying efforts, just basically anything you could think of. The thing was massive. It seemed that Ackman would stop at nothing to prove that Herbalife was a scam. I mean, there was $1 billion on the line for him. If he proved they were a scam, theoretically their stock would drop. And surprise, even after it was proven that they were scamming people multiple times, their stock didn't drop, but he couldn't have possibly known that. Still, keep in mind that his acts of vigilantism and massive effort were likely not because he cared oh so much about the people who Herbalife was scamming. It was probably about that billion dollars. Although he had reportedly promised to donate his cut of the investment profit back to charity, there's that, but like I said, the stock didn't drop. Meanwhile, as he continued on his anti-Herbalife campaign, Herbalife was working overtime to try and counteract his onslaught of accusations. The chief financial officer, John G. DeSimone, told the New York Times in 2014 that, the accusations are provably false and they can all be traced back to the same source, hedge fund billionaire, Bill Ackman, who is motivated by one thing, getting even richer by winning a billion dollar bet he made against our company by any means possible, no matter how unscrupulous. Then in an article released in The Atlantic, John DeSimone doubled down telling the author, I am 100% convinced Bill Ackman is wrong. I think he has gone beyond the legitimate role short sellers play and crossed an ethical boundary. Both Ackman and DeSimone promised the author that more evidence is coming. And for once they agreed on something. And for once, both were 100% right. Soon after years of pressure, the FTC did oblige Ackman and did an investigation into Herbalife. But before we get into that investigation, I wanna go back really quick and discuss the activists that were also adamantly speaking out against Herbalife's predatory practices with Ackman. As I mentioned before, it wasn't just Ackman going after Herbalife, it was activist groups as well. Many were funded by Ackman, but they all shared one goal. Leading the charge against Herbalife was one of the biggest Latino activist groups in the United States, the League of United Latin American Citizens. You see, at least 60% of distributors of the company in the United States were Latino, at least back in 2013 and 2014. And the activist groups argued that this wasn't by accident either. The National Executive Director of the League of United Latin American Citizens, Brent Wilkes, told the LA Times that Latinos were being victimized by Herbalife. In 2013, multiple Latino labor groups and other advocacy groups met with the Federal Trade Commission to formally ask them to investigate Herbalife. The groups involved in the meeting claimed that the officials who attended seemed really interested in what they had to say and were surprised by the average gross compensation of distributors. Despite this, Herbalife spokespeople say that the groups had it all wrong. It wasn't that Herbalife was targeting Latino communities. They were simply trying to help them and quote, protect the Latino community. And I don't know about you, but barely paying distributors doesn't seem like protection, but hey, 
what do I know? The spokesperson went on to tell the LA Times that Wilkes was misinformed and said, "'We would encourage Mr. Wilkes to do some in-depth independent research with his constituency to make sure that his comments are accurate and not actually hurting the constituency he aims to protect.'" Well, Wilkes had actually tried to do some of his own independent research when he met with Herbalife representatives and they told him they had no idea what their distributors earned. Great. However, as we mentioned before, there is at least some data on what the typical Herbalife distributor earns and it's definitely not great. As Wilkes puts it, the majority of distributors are going to go away unhappy with a loss and that's unfortunately our community that's being taken advantage of. There's a lot of scams out there, but not a lot of them have between 60 to 80% Latino market share. Wilkes and the League of United Latin American Citizens continued their crusade to try and convince lawmakers and the FTC to investigate Herbalife in 2014. Standing on the same grounds, the group met with the chairman of the Federal Trade Commission and California's attorney general. Wilkes doubled down on his accusations of Herbalife and pointed out that people often talk about the big box retailers paying their employees a fair share, but others rarely talk about Herbalife where their distributors, it turns out, are not even making a living wage. Of course, Herbalife shot back, again, calling Wilkes and the organizations mistaken, but saying that Herbalife was actually a major contributor to the health and financial well-being of Latino communities. Well, in the end, it seemed like all of this back and forth and near constant visits of organizers and letter writing from Ackman might've paid off when later in 2014, the FTC officially announced they would be formally investigating Herbalife. Today's word on the street, well, it's Herbalife or Herbadeath. That is the question. And that of course is today's word on the street. The National Consumers League put out a formal So after all of that, the FTC embarked on its investigation. And what exactly did they find? Well. Nothing good. After looking into the company, the FTC found that approximately half of the quote sales leaders made less than $5 a month. As if that wasn't bad enough, they also found that people that invested in developing brick and mortars for Herbalife, you know, the nutrition clubs, they usually ended up making nothing at all. Others even ended up losing money. Now, this is something again, going back to the other episode we recently did specifically on the Herbalife nutrition clubs, the one that I visited. I noticed in the YouTube comment section of the episode that some of you were definitely pointing out that, oh my God, you were so nice to them. And, oh, you were so polite. And apparently I say sorry a lot. So sorry about that. I probably just did it again. But anyway, one of the reasons I was being so nice to them is one, you should always be nice to people you're interacting with. Someone is providing a service or job for you. And I just think that that's the polite thing to do. But Secondly, I was going there for you know research and trying to see what it's like going into one of these shops, get the vibe and everything like that. But the third reason is that I understand that these folks are trying to make a living. They're trying to have their own legitimate business. They're sold on the idea that they will get the American dream, that they will have their own business, right? And they're gonna be successful. So they open these shops, they invest this money and it's stacked against them. And so I do feel bad for them because they are trying to do everything right, but with the wrong folks. And again, they're not the aggressors in the situation. They are another victim in the Herbalife plan. But I digress. Let's go back to the FTC and Herbalife. What the FTC also found and announced was the biggest secret of all and what we've been waiting for. It was how their distributors are making money. Well, as pretty much everyone predicted, most of them were not making money from actually selling the product. Instead, they were making it from recruiting other people. And despite knowing this, Herbalife actively recruited distributors and deceived consumers by making them believe that they could earn money simply by selling the product. 
Instead, the only real way it seems to make money from Herbalife was to just buy a bunch of products, recruit other folks, and convince those people to also buy a bunch of products. Rinse, recycle, and repeat. The secret is to get five other people to do the same thing every month and teach them to get five other people to do the same thing every month. Before you know it, not only will you be a supervisor, but you'll have five supervisors under you, we'll have five supervisors underneath them, we'll have five supervisors under them. That's 155 supervisors. And if they're each doing about 2,000, 2,500 body points a month, you're gonna be making somewhere in the neighborhood of 42,000. And there's a name for that. I can't quite put my finger on it. What is it? Oh, yeah, it sounds like a pyramid scheme. Now, of course, I can't technically call Herbalife that because as the FTC started discovering all of this, Herbalife quickly swooped in with a settlement to prevent them from being called that. But that settlement came with a hefty $200 million price tag as a fine for violating the FTC and a boatload of required changes to their company. It's a case of good news, bad news for embattled company Herbalife. The Federal Trade Commission will not classify it as a pyramid scheme, but in return, Herbalife will pay a settlement of $200 million. It's a victory. In Gone were the days of Herbalife rewarding their distributors for merely convincing others to join them, supposedly. Now, under the FTC settlement guidelines, Herbalife would be forced to alter the payment structure of what people actually sell. In fact, two thirds of the rewards were required to be based on actual sales with the final third allowed for personal consumption. To prove that they were doing this, Herbalife was also required to basically save the receipts and also was forced to hire a compliance auditor independent from the company to monitor the changes. And all of this sounds great, but let's dive just a little deeper into what the settlement meant. As with most other settlements that seem to occur between government entities and massive corporations, Herbalife admitted to doing nothing wrong and somehow seemed to spin the settlement into being a good thing. The Herbalife CEO said in a statement, "'The settlements are an acknowledgement that our business model is sound and underscore our confidence in our ability to move forward successfully. Otherwise, we would not have agreed to the terms.'" Now, it does seem slightly odd to me that the business settlement agreement that forced them to change their entire business model seemed like a confirmation that the original one was sound. I'm not quite sure how they got to that conclusion, but okay. While they were required to alter their practices, this settlement definitely wasn't a total win, especially not for Ackman, who adamantly pushed that Herbalife was indeed a pyramid scheme. After it was announced, Ackman seemed convinced that Herbalife would eventually collapse under the new structure. Meanwhile, Eichen disagreed and said the settlement had proved that Ackman was completely wrong on Herbalife. While some, like Ackman, argued that the new changes would be extremely difficult to implement for Herbalife and might actually cause their collapse, Herbalife is still standing and going oh so strong. By the way, Ackman eventually did admit defeat and pulled his $1 billion bets in 2019. You would hope that this settlement would maybe change Herbalife's ways and they would stay out of trouble for the future. And I love optimism, but that's not what happened. They've been in many a scandal since. And before we get into bribery and class action lawsuits, let's take a quick moment to thank today's sponsors. If you run an online business, you probably feel it's about time people stop treating online businesses better because they're bigger. And you'd be absolutely right. That's why ShipStation gives e-commerce sellers of all sizes the access to the same deeply discounted rates usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies. Are you terrified of dealing with international shipping? Well, now you don't have to be. ShipStation makes it a breeze to ship anywhere around the world. So scale away, ShipStation can handle it. 
And they're not kidding. They work with over 45 different carriers to easily compare rates and delivery times to find what works best for you. And they work with over 300 platforms, including Amazon, eBay, Etsy, and more to help automate those processes for you. I know it's so much easier to just focus on the candle company and work on what are we making? What's the new scent coming out? What's the new photo going up on Instagram? Instead of having to think about, oh my God, let me compare with all these carriers to see which one's gonna have the best rate to ship out these couple orders here. It's easy. So don't let the big guys keep all the good discounts to themselves. Sign up using promo code MLM for a free 60 day trial at shipstation.com and start saving every shipment. That's two whole months of discounted shipping absolutely free. Again, just go to shipstation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page and type MLM. ShipStation, make ship happen. Every day we hear about our morning rituals and how if you start your day right, it can change your entire day. But have you ever thought about a ritual to change your evening and get those set into a certain mood? Allowing ourselves the time to transition and wind down from our daily lives, which are all incredibly busy, is really important. And it helps us to stop racing thoughts and help us drift off to sleep naturally. Power your day by powering off at night. And that's why we're partnering with Calm, the number one mental wellness app, to give you the tools that improve the way you feel. And trust me, between everything that goes in a day from literally just waking up and having to deal with the fact that, oh my God, I made it another day on this planet to going through work, trying to find hobbies, trying to talk to friends and family, like trying to take care of yourself, like it's hard. And sometimes an app is just a really nice way to just quickly calm down for just a couple minutes, focus on something unrelated to the outside world and what's going on and take a moment to really appreciate and value yourself, your time and your calmness. I know I've been using Calm recently and I just, you know, I never thought about the importance of being able to wind down in the evening after a busy day, of being able to force that break between like the daytime and and working my butt off and everything to just have a moment to sit there and just focus on being like, you know, today was okay. You did okay today and you can relax now. I didn't really consciously ever think about how important that actually was. And Calm has been showing me that maybe I've been neglecting myself a little bit and maybe I should focus a little bit more on that. And they've been helping me get into a rhythm. And I think that's awesome. So for listeners of the show, Calm is offering an exclusive 40% off a Calm premium subscription when you go to calm.com slash MLM. Go to calm.com slash MLM for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. Again, that's calm.com slash MLM. Herbal Life that sells diet products through an army of nearly 3 million distributors. It's a huge business that's also created a huge controversy with high profile supporters and detractors doubling down. Now ABC's chief investigator- Despite the $200 million settlement with the FTC in 2016, one year later, Herbalife was still a company that had net sales of $4.4 billion. The hopes that the FTC settlement would cause Herbalife to change its ways were quickly shot down and the company found itself in yet another massive class action lawsuit based out of Florida with more than 100,000 plaintiffs involved and a possibility of a $1 billion price tag. The case specifically goes after the Herbalife social selling events called Circle of Success. The company promotes the massive events and strongly suggests distributors attend in order to learn how to become wealthy and sign more people up to become distributors. 
The lawsuit claims that common phrases used by the company included, if you go to all of the events, you qualify for everything, you will get rich. And these crucial events provide you with the skills you need to take it to the next level. A couple involved in the lawsuit, Patricia and Jeff Roger, claim to have lost over $100,000 while working as distributors for Herbalife, including $20,000 for just attending the heavily suggested Circle of Success events. Patricia Rogers told NBC Miami, we did everything they told us to do. We attended every event, we traveled and we spent money and we didn't get successful like they said we would. You get involved in it, it's almost like a cult mentality. Herbalife was of course adamant that the claims found in the Florida lawsuit were unsubstantiated and had been covered in a previous settlement. This lawsuit, as I mentioned in the intro, has recently seemed to reach a settlement agreement. However, as I mentioned, we're not so sure how much it will be worth or exactly what it will include. So we just kind of have to wait and see. But just last year, Herbalife settled yet another lawsuit that centered around the claim that the company had bribed government officials in China. According to a federal indictment, Herbalife engaged in about a 10 year long bribery scheme in which they bribed Chinese officials from 2007 to 2016 to expand their business into the country. Additionally, the company was accused of falsifying records and accounts to hide said bribery. During the 10 year period that Herbalife engaged in bribery and falsifying records, they were able to gain licenses in about 28 provenances and also convinced Chinese media to remove any negative news stories about the company. All of this allowed Herbalife to vastly increase its business in China. And by 2016, when the pattern of unethical and unlawful business practices was eventually uncovered by United States investigators, the business in China accounted for about 20% of Herbalife's total global revenue, $860 million. Now, this is an even bigger deal considering direct selling companies are actually illegal in China. So to avoid any further persecution of the company and the possibility of criminal charges, Herbalife decided to once again, agree to a settlement. The settlement terms came with a hefty payment of $123 million. The penalty for their bribery scheme was broken into two different payments. One amounted to 55.7 million to pay for the criminal fine and the other 67.2 million went to pay back the illicit profits made from the scheme. And the math is a bit off to me considering they made $860 million from their business in China, but I won't begin to suggest that I fully understand how exactly they came to that number because well, no one does. Now, for those of you who are keeping track, this settlement, not including the one that they most recently agreed to, brings the company's total amount spent on settling federal lawsuits and criminal charges to $343 million. Just for the record, there's more coming. That's a lot of money on lawsuits. That's just all I'm saying. As more and more news appears about the atrocities of Herbalife, some people who have left the company and even some of those who never joined have taken to the internet to try and promote replacement recipes for shakes that mimic those of Herbalife. You know, just without the liver damage potential and taking advantage of other people part. Unfortunately though, the internet is the internet and some of these people have found that their shops and videos have been met by harassment by none other than Herbalife distributors. Some people have begun working to make Herbalife replacement recipes and posting them online. Take Nick Rogers, for example. As Herbalife shops started popping up all across their neighborhood in Louisiana, he and his wife started to make dupes of Herbalife products and post them on social media. The couple posted their DIY versions of teas and shakes without Herbalife products on their blog and on TikTok. Perhaps not surprisingly, their videos blew up to about 2 million views, but with all the love came the backlash from Herbalife distributors. Rogers says, They want to discredit any opinion that we have about these products because in their mind, nothing can compare to Herbalife and you have to have Herbalife products to make a loaded tea. In response to the harassment Rogers experienced, they say they are now on a mission to show people how to make their own loaded teas at home so they can get out of the Herbalife MLM. 
It seems like Herbalife isn't able to go a year without some sort of massive scandal or lawsuit. So there are plenty of other things about them that can't be said in just one episode, but have no fear. I have others that you can check out if you wanna go into more detail on their structure or the infamous health clubs. As time goes on, I'm sure there will be more to come. So make sure to keep your eyes and ears open. But with all of that being said, that's where I'm going to end today's episode of Multi-Level Mondays. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you learned something new. And if you did, make sure that you're liking, following, and subscribing so you can stay up to date on all the latest episodes. If you wanna catch up with me outside of these episodes, make sure to click my Linktree link where you're gonna have links to all of my social media, other projects I'm involved in, and all of that good stuff. So thank you so much for spending some of your time here with me today. I do really appreciate it and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.